we have a choice that with every breath we're making the choice to be here with every inhale we are essentially saying yes to receive life you know as as we open up to the inhale we are allowing life to flow through us until we don't and so it it is a, a choice that we can continue to make more consciously throughout our lives how is it that i'm choosing you know it's not just that i am choosing to be here or that i am saying yes but it's like how am i saying yes how am i choosing to be here and that when we have that level of awareness um we have we've opened up and and i feel like we've opened up and tapped into a deeper level of potential and, and possibility within ourselves and, and how it is that we desire to co-create with the life force that flows through us. Welcome to the Wild on Purpose podcast, a place for those deeply committed to knowing themselves and embodying their authentic purpose in the world. I'm your host, Kelly Wild Miller. In this show, we gather to discuss what it truly means to lead by our essential nature and uncage our greatest gifts so we may share them with others. We'll be exploring an expansive range of topics from health and healing, spirituality and consciousness to relationships, work, and more. As we turn over many stones, we'll uncover a golden thread inviting us to rewild our bodies and minds while awakening our souls and stepping more fully into our purpose. Thank you for being here and please enjoy this wild conversation. Hello, wild ones. My guest today is the beautiful, soulful, and mystical Carmen Game, founder of Soul Luxury Breathwork and a brand new mama who calls the forests of Squamish, British Columbia, her home. This was, without a doubt, the most gorgeous conversation I've had on the podcast so far. We discuss our shared backgrounds of mental and emotional health challenges, the destructive behaviors that helped us feel alive, and how we eventually came back home to ourselves, our sovereignty, and our paths of cultivating well-being. She explains the concept of conscious connected breathwork, which involves exploring non-ordinary states of consciousness and repatterning the physiological way that we breathe so new possibilities can open up in our lives. We open up about the spiritual side of breathwork and how intentionally being with our breath can help us come into deep trust and belief in ourselves, as well as the full consent to be here, to be here on this earth, in our bodies, and in the exact lives that we're living. Carmen says that the art of being human is luxury for the soul, and that when we honor our bodies as temples, we see them as home for the divine. We return to our fully alive sensual nature, and we honor our choice to be here at this time while celebrating the remarkable diversity of people and connections in our lives. As I say this, I want to extend my gratitude to you, the listeners of this show, for being a part of my wild, ecstatic human journey of being a part of this creative path of sharing myself with the world. 
the truth is, it took a long time for me to get to the place where I felt confident enough to share my voice and to have these conversations in a way where other people could hear them. Becoming an empowered creator, I don't think I could have done it if I hadn't discovered the power of the breath and also the power of leaders, mentors, guides like Carmen who know how to hold us in the depths of our desires, our longings, our challenges, our hardships, and all of the obstacles that seem to be standing in the way between where we are now and where we'd like to be. So I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation. This is the last interview for season one of Wild on Purpose. I'll be coming back shortly with a few solo episodes and a recap until I come back for season two later in 2023. Thank you again. If you'd like to stay in touch, please join a growing list of subscribers on wildonpurpose.co. It's where I host both my newsletter and my podcast on Substack. And you're always welcome to hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. Now let's do it. Please enjoy this wild conversation with Carmen. Carmen, welcome to the Wild on Purpose podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you. I am so grateful to be here and I am thrilled to dive into my most favorite thing to chat about, which is the breath. Mm -hmm. Yes, we took a couple of nice juicy breaths right before hitting record and maybe inviting our listeners as they begin to listen to this episode to also notice where their own breath is in this moment. And also to help us orient as a group, can you let listeners know where in the world you are and what the natural world looks like outside your doors? Oh, wow. Great question. So I am currently in Squamish, British Columbia in the West Coast of Canada. And the oh, the great outdoors outside my doorstep is out of this world. It is one of the most abundant places that I've had the privilege of of living and just visiting as well. We've got mountains, beautiful rainforests. We're also at sea level. So we've got the ocean energy. And today in particular, we've also got blue skies, lots of wildlife. And so it's really quite spectacular. I grew up in the prairies. And so the the shift to this level of natural abundance is just unbelievable sometimes. Mm. I have this fantasy in my life about that area that you live in. I've never been there, but there's this romanticism I have around anywhere where mountains meet the sea. And there's very few places in the world where that happens. And especially where the mountains are also forested and there's gorgeous big trees. And I know that some of the last old growth forests are up in that area and just have this fairy tale that I want to live there someday. And that is just pristine day in, day out. Maybe depending on where you live. But <laughs> yeah, I, I long for that absolute immersion in nature of where we live. And I think I've seen photos of you in your home or maybe your backyard, and it really feels like you're in nature. You're not like a couple blocks away, like you are in it. Yeah, we are 
just we are wildly blessed to to be here and we've got amazing trails just right outside our door and so it does feel like we are um we're in the heart of it and there's there's something about this area that was a, a deep calling from my soul and i think it was to be a part of and so intimately in relationship with all of the elements mm-hmm. and so that's been something that every day I'm just lifting these prayers of gratitude for the gift of being able to, to be here, to live here. Um, and yeah, it is, gosh, this area would just be so happy to have you. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, keep us posted on any nearby real estate and we'll figure out how to become Canadian citizens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, no. No problem. Well, I'm so curious, and this is the question that I ask all guests at the very beginning, is in what ways were you particularly wild as a young child? Wow. Uh, (laughs) I feel like it really came through in how I saw and related to the world around me. Feel like I carried this perspective of wanting to uh, be in in deeper relationship and deeper connection with nature, with um, Mama Earth, with the natural world, which makes sense now why I've landed where I have. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like there was a lot of that that. I didn't really know what to do with and where to go. And so uh, as a young one, that I was just this really beautifully, um, I don't even know what the word is, but this this really sweet soul that mm. that just was happy to to be be around and and be included. Um, and you know, I remember this one story of my aunt telling me that it was my first experience in an outdoor outhouse. And I had come out with the toilet paper in my hand and she says, no, 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 like you, you have to put it in there. I was like, oh no, no, but we don't put things on the earth like that. Like we don't do that to the earth. We don't leave things behind. And, you know, this was when I was just a few years. And I was just like, wow, like to have that level of, of connection before, um, I think anybody really knew what to do with it. And of course this, this wildness, this deep desire to be, to be grounded and rooted and, and deeply connected to the people and places around me manifested as, uh, a little bit of recklessness through my uh, teenage years. And because I felt so deeply, I didn't know what to do with with that didn't know what to do with my feelings didn't know what to do with um, the sensations that I felt in my body and so I just I danced to the beat of my own drum I I explored I dove into things uh, head first and you know sometimes with amazing you know beautiful outcomes and other times with incredibly challenging <laughs> results mm-hmm. um but I feel like that deep desire to to listen to myself, to be true to myself has been a thread that's been woven through my whole life. And 
still learning the depths and, and the deeper layers and the deeper nuances of, of what it means to truly listen to that, truly be in alignment with that. Mm. Wow. That is so beautiful. And I'm curious if you just have maybe one example of one of these kinds of experiences you dove into when you were growing up or when you were a teenager. Cause I, one of my philosophies or I guess, um, ways of looking at this wild nature that I believe we all have is that if there's no great outlet for it as we're growing up and we don't have any type of formal initiatory experience, like, um, many nature-based communities had that we go and initiate ourselves with this energy that rises in us through and in, in our own self-initiated, um, experiences in modern society can be reckless. It can be for me, it was parties and alcohol and promiscuity and, you know, driving kind of crazy. And this, these ways of feeling aliveness without quality mentorship to guide that aliveness. And yet I think the impulse to feel it was still right. It was still right to want to feel that, that beat, that pulse of like, full expression and full aliveness. So do, I'm curious in your life, what was maybe one of those ways that you look, that you looked for aliveness? Yeah. How I, as, as you're speaking it, this, this idea that me, for, for me, learning how to be in my body, learning how to be connected and and understand and be um, not even comfortable with, but in in relationship with what I, I felt and how I sensed the world. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like maybe not one specific situation, but a trend that through those wilder formative years was this idea that I lived of selling my body <laughs> for mm-hmm. validation, <clears throat> for connection for, um, understanding. And that was through relationships with substances. So, you know, alcohol, um, and also through, um, yeah, just ending up in, in situations where I really pushed myself to the the limit. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, there was such deep learning in feeling into that boundary of like, okay, like my body is, is my home. It isn't to be given away, um, you know, to people, places or things. And Mm -hmm. it's actually the, the whole journey of, of my life is how to be wild within my body and, and at home in my body Mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm. Mm. Wow. That really hits me very deeply. And it, the way you're speaking to this, it sounds like that realization might have happened at still a, a younger age, or or when did that realization come to you, and did anybody help you get there? Yeah, I it was in my early teenage years, and mm-hmm. so I. I really felt a lot. I felt so deeply. I experienced life 
in in ways that you know as I, I shared it and and tried to relate with people around me i i didn't um i didn't have that connection um and understanding from anybody else and so that became really challenging and the way that it turned out in my own life was that i was diagnosed with along the mental health spectrum um depression and anxiety and that the best solution was to be um to be medicated. And so at a very early age during, I feel like some really important formative years of brain development and things like that, I was working with medication Mm -hmm. and the way that it changed, um, changed how I felt, changed how I functioned was definitely a big wake up call for me. There was like, this isn't the, this isn't the way for me. This isn't the only way. I need to find something else that keeps me alive in my heart, that keeps me present in my body, but that helps me understand and navigate a life where I feel so much and I feel so different. And so that was when I, in addition to being on medication, I started to explore um, complementary support. And so at that time, it was some um, counseling, some therapy, some group therapy, as well as there was a, and this is going to date me a little bit, but there was a tape set. It was a cassette tape Mm -hmm. set. And I had my yellow Walkman and I, (laughs) there, it was a series of tapes that I would listen to that would take me through exercises um, of, of breath and exercises of calming the body and coming into the body. And those were the moments where I felt, okay, like I'm here. Mm. This, this feels more my flavor. And, um, you know, it's so funny. And as, as our, our, our bodies bring us into these visceral memories of of being in my backyard in the sunshine, eyes closed, and working with these simple exercises of breath to support regulation in my system. And so I think that that was the moment where I was just like, okay, wow. Um, I, there's a different way. Mm. Wow. I'm just so curious, where did these tapes come from? because that feels so progressive. (laughs) I know. And I think about that and I'm just like, wow. Um, It was from my counselor at the time Hmm. had lent me um, from their library of resources, this, you know, the box and everything is, takes up so much physical real estate at that time. And um yeah, it had complimentary workbooks and, and everything like that. And I mean, this was, you know, more than 25 years ago now. And so it mm-hmm. did feel like it was quite, like looking back at the time, I was like, wow, this was quite revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in terms of, you know, my family and my community, like mm-hmm. at least I didn't know anybody else who was navigating those waters in that way. Mm-hmm. Wow. So beautiful. And it's funny because your website is revolution breathwork and 
now you are a breathwork teacher, facilitator, and you hold space for other breathwork teachers as well. So you've clearly been on this journey for a long time. And on your website, you have this sentence that just brought absolute chills to my body when I read it, which is this idea of soul luxury breathwork and that the art of being human is luxury for the soul. And that part of being human is us marveling at the depth of our sensual nature. And breath is most definitely one of the most potent conduits for feeling our sensual nature and coming back home to our bodies. And for me, the topic of rewilding is the journey of coming home to our essential nature, which lives deep in our bodies. And so what was that journey like from having these cassette tapes uh, to calm your mind with these very simple exercises to actually now being a leader in the breathwork community? If you could maybe walk us through that a little bit, that arc. (laughs) Yeah, right. It it was definitely a... um, You know, hindsight is so beautiful and it's just like, wow, it all makes sense. And at the time there was no, I mean, I didn't even know until rather recently that what I do exists and and that life would take me on this journey and this path. And so I feel like it was my, a, a series of my own personal explorations that really got me hooked in exploring what it was to live in the body, as you say, to, to be connected, to be, to be rooted and, and fully here. And so, um, although I had that resource of those cassette tapes and that I was you know, looking at different ways to support myself through, um, how it was that I experienced the world, it was, the path wasn't linear. And so there was definitely, um, more, seasons in my journey of um, truly reckless and destructive behavior. And so in terms of my relationship with alcohol, my relationship with substances, um, Mm. and my relationship with men, and Mm. I think that each time I came out of a cycle of that, I was, you know, and coming up for air, I was like, okay, Mm. there's got to be something different. There's got to be something more for me. (laughs) And, and this, how I'm moving through life is not working. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, a a few bigger wake up calls and I was just like, okay, like this is, I'm at a choice point in my life and I can see the trajectory if I stay the course in the way that I'm going and I see an alternative that's available for me. And so Mm -hmm. what is it that I need to do to do that? And travel was a big piece of what initially sparked it. I went overseas on my own. And I think back to that, even like at 19 years old, I was um, hopped on a plane, didn't know anything about even where I was going Had made a very, um, I've shared this story before, but like, it was like, I was really into signs at the time. And I was like, if the traffic light turns yellow while I drive underneath it, it means that I meant to go to Thailand. And so I was like, oh my gosh, it turned yellow. I meant to go. I must go. And so I did, I bought a ticket. I went and I, 
explored. And I think it was just enough to shake my system out of the the patterns and the routines that I had been living in to get a, mm-hmm. a, a broader perspective of life mm-hmm. and to, to connect with humans in a different way, to understand different ways of living and different ways of showing up and um, being immersed in different culture. And it really changed how I saw everything. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, oh, you know what? I I, I want to work with humans. I, there's something that's really interesting and really cool that's there. And so I explored a degree in social work. And mm-hmm. that education is, and still, it's such a beautiful foundation from from where I come from in even the work that I do now in terms of bridging the relationship that we have, you know, people and considering people within their environment, people within, and, you know, even distilling that down to people in their environment within their body. Mm. And, you know, there, there was a lot of beauty in the work and in that field. And what I kept noticing that I was coming up against though, was long lasting, sustainable change within the people that I was working with. Mm. We had gone into so much of it at either a survival or a crisis intervention level. And then, you know, in working through things, it was touching on the, the level of the intellect, the level of the mind and, Mm. and the level of story essentially. Mm. And so what I was witnessing again and again is that as we were working with people and, and supporting them in navigating their life's journey, their life story is that they were coming back to the same places that they had been. So essentially they were reliving the stories that they were telling. They were reliving the stories that they were wanting to fully process, but there was this point where they were getting stuck. Mm -hmm. And so in that, I was like, okay, we've got to go deeper than the level of the mind. I know this in my own journey. And so where are, and what are ways that we can go deeper into the level of the body, you know, if, mm. if this is where our stories and our experiences live, if our bodies are the, the roadmap of, of the journey that we've been on, how do we then come in and essentially, this wasn't the way that I looked at it maybe at this time, but, you know, reorient the cellular landscape to create and, and forge new paths and so that's where I started to get really curious into movement. And I was like, wow, like if we move the body, things change on the level of of the mind and, and the way that we hold things if we incorporate breath. And so I started to explore yoga. Dance has always been a huge part of my life. I grew up as a dancer. And so movement in general was always such a beautiful outlet. And if we could weave in intentional movement, there was just incredible things that started to happen. So I started to dive deep into the world of yoga, of meditation. And that was for me, the gateway into conscious connected breath work, you know, continuing mm-hmm. to, to study the, the science of um, how these, these beautiful ancient practices shift and change our body mm-hmm. on a cellular level. And, and then living in my own body and in the people around me, these profound evolutions within ourselves, it was just like, wow, okay, so this is the piece. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 don't exclusively focus on one, but we bring in all aspects of ourselves. Which I mean, <laughs> we hear this all the time, right? Come home to wholeness. Consider holistic approaches. And it was just that moment of like, wow, there is something there. Mm. <laughs> there is something to that when we actually invite all aspects of ourselves to come along for the journey. Mm. Wow. I'm reminded of this time when I worked with a healer and she was sharing that, like, consider myself a big bus. I, I am a big school bus. And there are parts of me that I've tried to kick out of the bus and they're standing on the curb. And the bus isn't going forward. It, it can't make progress until I allow all of my parts to get on the bus, even the ones that I don't like and that I want to shun away and that have been disowned. She's like, nope, they're, everybody's on the bus. They just don't need to be in the driver's seat, nor do they need to be giving you directions on where to go, but they have to stay on the bus with you. And I think about that often of like, okay, I've got my big school bus of my wild you know, it's like my clown car of creatures that live inside of me, the darkness, the shadows, the light ones, the the childhood ones, the crazy ones. And yet who's in the driver's seat and can we go forward? So I just offer that because that's what, that's what came up for me. (laughs) Wow. I love that. That, Yeah. That is, and it's, yeah, that offers just such a beautiful picture of how life can be for us. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned conscious connected breathwork and that it is an ancient practice. Can you define conscious connected breathwork? Tell us about that and what about it is ancient and how are we just rediscovering it now? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a, well, it's a deep exploration of where (laughs) did these practices originate from? I would say working with the breath as a, a tool for you know, self-exploration, self-regulation, self-mastery, whatever we feel, um, you know, how, how to, to frame it is, has been what has been around since the beginning of, of time, of humans, right? We, mm-hmm. We've always been in relationship with the breath. And so exploring what our relationship with the breath can offer us has been a curiosity through, um, you know, some of the earliest practices, the yogic lineages that bring forward um, meditation practices that have breath as a foundation, and that even simply being aware of the breath and how that changes it. Now, the evolution into conscious connected breathwork as we see it today, and I feel like everybody's definition of breathwork, of even conscious connected breathwork may be a little bit different. Hmm. Um, But as we see it today, I think really came from these explorations and, you know, that we are able to experience states of non-ordinary states of consciousness, of altered consciousness, when we come into a particular rhythm and relationship with the breath. And this was really made popular through the work of Stanislav Grof, and he had uh, work with um, exploring how a relationship with LSD and those non-ordinary states of consciousness and what that offered for people to explore 
those deeper aspects of self and Mm -hmm. then really realized like, wow, there's this opportunity to touch these places within ourselves simply through the relationship that we have with our breath. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, there's been different iterations of it. There's been different evolutions of it and how we, we work with it. But I feel like that's kind of the modernization of conscious connected breath work and everybody probably has a different intention in working with the practice. My particular interest is in repatterning our breath. And so an mm-hmm. opportunity to, to use the flow of breath, to use the current of breath, to, to literally change how we breathe, to change the, this, again, the cellular landscape of our, of our body to create a different pathway so that the breath has a different way to flow through its system. Um, and I think that that's come from really seeing how powerful this work is as we start to change how we're breathing. We're starting to see a change in how we're living, how we're showing mm. up in the world. And so, you know, there's some really amazing research initiatives that are starting that are going a little bit deeper into the science of this, into the data of like, okay, like what is really going on here? Um, you know, my interest is in the the human experience of it, the feeling of it, right? Mm. Like, wow, like this is available for us. Mm. Wow, beautiful. So this idea of repatterning, can you speak to, well, you've already spoken to a little bit of like why we would want to do that, but if someone is pretty new to breath work and maybe they're doing today's version of those cassette tapes, which would probably be like the Calm app, you know, and they're just like, maybe doing some cadence breathing, some box breathing, or simply just noticing their breath. It's such a beautiful gateway into these more intentional practices of breath work. Um, But what's really the um, motivation for someone to to really have breath work as a practice and to desire breath repatterning from your perspective and what you've seen so far? Yeah. Wow. I feel like it, it comes down to how is it that we desire to feel and, you know, in life in, in general, uh, you know, for me, things come down to not what it looks like, but it's how it feels. And breath is the most tangible and immediate and accessible point to access a shift in our state, a shift in how we feel. And so one of the, I guess, the a really great starting point in a relationship with the breath is noticing that, is saying, okay, when I breathe in this way, how is it that I feel? And now as I shift how I'm breathing, how is that changing how I feel? And it might not necessarily be earth shattering or groundbreaking initially, but just that connection and that exploration and that, that curiosity and trust in the fact that as I shift how I'm breathing, I am able to shift how I feel. So as I take this deeper and not only am I consciously shifting how I'm breathing, I'm actually able to change how my breath is moving through my body, what else can that open up for me? Mm. 
So where is in, I guess in that for me is the, the liberation from patterning from limited stories, from beliefs that don't serve me anymore. And as I am able to shift how the vibrational frequency of my body and how I'm, how it's, how my cells are interacting with each other, it's going to change. My inner world is changing significantly. And so therefore it's going to be reflected in a significant change in my outer world. Mm. And for me, that's just like, wow, the, the power that we have within us, we're perfection by design and just coming home to, again, these, these things that I I've heard my whole life and continue to land in a deeper and more meaningful way is like, we have everything that we need within us, Mm. but for real, we do, it's there, you know, as we go into deeper layers of, of, coming into relationship with it. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. I'm just reminded of my initial introduction to Conscious Connected Breathwork, which came through Johnny and you and a couple of the other people that have been in your guys' close CCB community and have trained um, from some of the same teachers that you've trained with, I believe, up in in the um, BC area. And how... At first, you know, this resistance that I had of like, you want me to breathe in this certain way for an hour? Oh my goodness, that sounds like so much work. And what is this going to do for me? And every you know, journey in a way, they call them journey or ceremonies or sessions, um, being radically different from one another and having these profound releases from my what felt like my nervous system recalibrating and at times like my arms twitching and my legs twitching and these just kind of movements that just occur on their own to cathartic emotional releases and memories of when I was quite young. And I even have one that I've never shared publicly where I, I feel like I went back into the womb in a moment when I was, okay, I'm going to go there. I had this moment. Johnny was Please guiding do. me. Yeah, great. Johnny was guiding me in a conscious connected breathwork, uh, just kind of one-on-one in Bali. And I went to the moment, this is at least what it felt like when my soul came in to my body while I was in the womb. And this feeling, this actually this like thought that I had, which was, oh God, here we go again. Not this. And this grief that I processed of the grief of even simply existing as a human and the like difficulty that that can bring. And I didn't know what to make of that. I was like, wow, how did my breath bring me back to that place? Whether it was true or not, it felt like such a profound moment. To s- it was like I was learning how to get more into consent with being here and more able to say yes to this experience because of simply a hour long conscious connected breathwork journey. So I'm curious, like what that brings up in you. I know it's a really big (laughs) one. That's not like everyday journeys. Sometimes it's just like, it feels good and it's a nice practice and other times it's things like that. (sighs) So I'm Absolutely. I mean, thank you for sharing. And I feel like that illuminates uh, the, 
deep willingness within your soul, right? Mm. To, to go there. And I mean, this for me is part of the beauty of a practice like breath is that we know that depth potential within our human, within our soulscape is infinite. And so the deeper we go, the deeper we go. Mm. It's just like, wow. And I feel like there's this beauty within that you've spoken to in sharing that profound experience for yourself that we have a choice that with every breath we're making the choice to be here with every Mm -hmm. inhale we are essentially saying yes to receive life you know Mm -hmm. as as we open up to the inhale we are allowing life to flow through us until we don't and so it it is a choice that we can continue to make more consciously throughout our lives. Mm. How is it that I'm choosing, you know, it's not just that I am choosing to be here or that I am saying yes, but it's like, how am I saying yes? How am I choosing to be here? And that when we have that level of awareness, um, we have, we've opened up and, and I feel like we've opened up and tapped into mm-hmm. a deeper level of potential and, and possibility within ourselves and, and how it is that we desire to co-create with the life force that flows through us. And so thank you for saying yes, mm. right? We revisit <laughs> these points throughout our lives. And I feel like we come to these choice points and, mm. you know, in, in each of our unique human experiences, I'm sure that, um, we've we've had those really powerful moments where we're just like okay wow this is a choice point for me mm-hmm. whether it's in choosing you know how i'm going to go forward from here right like coming to the crossroads of being like okay like if I, if i'm continuing down this path this is where i can see that i'm headed or if it's just literally that choice to be here mm-hmm. which you know, isn't something I feel that's talked about enough, but I feel like it is a a wildly common thread through in our humanity of uh, that that deeper choice, those deeper questions of choosing to to be here, to mm. be human, to stay in the body, to be present in my life, right? Mm. So, mm. I'm oh, wow. no- <laughs> just noticing like. Sh- waves of chills moving through my body. And yeah, thank you for that reflection. I actually haven't shared that experience outside of, I think just telling Johnny and cause it's such a challenging thing to touch on. And, and I would say that after that gradually, maybe not an immediate, you know, before and after kind of shift, but a gradual shift of, of choosing to be here more. Like, obviously I've been here, I've been walking on this earth for 33 years. Up until that point, I was still here. And yet there's like a atmosphere of complacency, apathy, indifference. Um, There can be this mutedness of going through life and also an avoidance, like you said, of like choosing to be fully in my life, my unique configuration, my family, my origin, my background, my passions and talents and gifts and desires. And to 
fully step into that and say yes to that, I think, yeah, it took some courage. And I think it took even recognizing like, oh, I haven't fully said yes to this. I've been kind of like the kid who's been being dragged into like being dragged, like, no, I don't want to go. Don't make me do life all the way. Like I feel that way a little bit about, you know, quote unquote adulting of like, no, don't make me grow up. (laughs) And then the world like initiating me deeper and deeper into adulthood through these challenging learning moments till I'm finally, which feels like it's happened in the last year and a half-ish or so of like, okay, all right, I'm here. Let's do this. I say yes. And learning what it means to say yes to life every day. Like, I think I'll keep living into that, that decision every day until the end, but it's, it's a marked difference. It's a, it's a brighter, more colorful, doesn't make it easier necessarily. doesn't make the challenges go away, but there's, um, a new vitality in, in welcoming all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, you just, you spoke to it so beautifully. <laughs> and I, I, I feel like you've illuminated an, an important piece also that when we dive deeper into that, yes, and, and we, we continue to make that decision to be here, we wa- widen our spectrum of our human experience. And mm-hmm. so in that we have available to us the beauty and, and the bliss states and, you know, the, the, the spaces of, um, just awe and, and wonder and, Mm. you know, this deep joy and and love and those sorts of things. And then because our our spectrum has, has widened, we've got the, the complement to that, that we also feel deeper. So we're able to access deeper levels of the grief, of the anger, of Mm -hmm. the, the shame of, you know, those, those denser experiences, emotions, energies that also live within and around us. And so both are true and, Mm -hmm you know, really being able to embrace and, and, and live in all of it rather than gravitating to back to the bus analogy, you know, like mm-hmm. saying, okay, well, like only you can, only these parts of me can, can come on the bus, right? <laughs> uh, only the cool kids can come along. And I mean, Gosh, that's been a, a whole unwinding for, for me when you had spoke to like a sense of, um, you know, just, just inviting all aspects of self and it's just like picking and choosing, right? It's like back to those high school moments where it's like, am I going to be chosen? Is this aspect of myself going to be chosen and welcomed? Mm. Like, bring them all along um, because it's all of me and, mm-hmm. and I'm all of me. Mm. So. Mm. Wow. What you're really bringing up actually touches on what I shared before we hit record around this idea of belonging and how just in the past week or so, I had this big shift of really feeling in a much deeper way, uh, belonging to myself. You know, I know Brene Brown talks about this, like braving the wilderness is the path to belonging so fiercely to yourself that you belong everywhere. And to belong so fiercely to yourself, you absolutely 100% need to welcome all parts of you home. 
And then by you doing that, then the world will start to mirror that back to you. And I do think that's probably one of the most profound takeaways for me with breath work is it just, every time I'm just inviting these, these different aspects of me back home, whether it's, uh, I talk about Harry Potter a lot and it's like, I'm collecting these horcruxes. If you're familiar of like Voldemort's soul pieces and he shatters himself into a bunch of soul fragments and they're called horcruxes. And that's like a dark version, but I do feel like as I've gone down the healing path, especially through breath work, like each time I invite these little soul fragments back into my experience and like these little puzzle pieces. And yeah, it's this gradual, just reholing. you know, I think we come in whole and then it's like, we're like gathering it back up again. And yeah, I, if you're open to it, do you think we could talk about the more existential, metaphysical, spiritual side of breathwork if you're open to that? And why is it that we actually literally feel more whole on the soul level after we, as humans, engage with our breath? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's, uh, that is, yes, yes, the answer is yes, of course, I'm happy to go there. That is, (laughs) lights my heart, lights my soul. That's definitely where um, I I feel most comfortable in in the world of breath. Oh, groovy. All right. I know a lot of people who are down the breathwork science route, and that's awesome too. We need both. Both sides of our minds get to be satiated, but I don't get to like open up and come out of the spiritual closet enough right now. So (laughs) let's go there. (laughs) Oh, let's do it. I feel, I just actually felt in my body this like, oh, okay. Wow. Here we go. Um, Yeah. I think the, not I think, I feel, I know in my bones that the, the simplest way that I've been able to formulate it for myself is that we have the profound gift in any given moment through our relationship with our breath to experience creation. And mm-hmm. so by that, we are literally receiving the form less through our breath and it is taking form within our body as it animates our human. Mm. And there is nothing more powerful, more beautiful, more magical than, than being at in a front row seat for creation, Mm. breath by breath. And so with every inhale, we have this opportunity to, to welcome in the fresh, in the new and, with every exhale, there's this completion. And so we are continuously 23 to 26,000 times a day in this rebirth and death cycle. And that feels like there is a lot of opportunity to come home to a deeper sense of truth, a deeper sense of authenticity, a deeper sense of being of, of homeness in ourselves. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm opening to receive spirit, to receive my breath, to receive myself with every inhale. And in that, with every exhale, I'm willing, I'm open to laying down, you know, I always like laying down at the altar of my heart, Mm. those aspects of myself, of my being, of my lived experience that have served me until now. And that I'm, you know, I'm also 
um, just ready to honor as complete. So that feels like a big opportunity when we talk about luxury for the soul is this, this opportunity to really experience the, the fullness of our human through Hmm. through simply welcoming in life i open to the flow of life within me like what is it bringing with me what is it bringing for me how are we co-creating together Beautiful, Carmen. <sighs> now I'm just feeling into and like, okay, so if we have this incredible opportunity that lay before us with every breath. Okay, just coming back to that question of, of how is it that we desire to be in relationship with it? How is it that we desire to co-create mm. with and, and define our relationship with whatever our version of the divine is, of God, of source, of creation, of the universe? Mm. If we think about the breath as this beautiful bridge point. So it it is what connects our human with our divine. And so it is this this beautiful road that we can walk between the realms, I feel. And if we think about um you know our breath is the bridge between our humanity and our divinity. And in our physical body, the heart as the bridge between our lower, more earthly energy centers and our upper, more spirit energy centers, there's this thread that's woven between our breath being of the heart. And so when we think about the energy of the heart, if we think about the energy and, and the foundation of love that we have the opportunity. I say the opportunity a lot, the chance, the, you know, because I do believe that as humans, we've got the aspect of free will. We have the element of choice. And for, it may not feel that way for everybody, you know, depending on our, our circumstances and, and how we've, you know, had to show up and, and what we've been, what we've been navigating through our own lives. But we have this, this choice to, to weave the thread of, of breath and of heart together to be guided to deeper levels of our own truth, to deeper levels of, of what is self, mm. you know, mm. Hmm. <laughs>
you're like, I'm like hypnotized watching you right now, speaking, just like feeling (laughs) the juiciness and the sensuality of my own breath. And yeah, I'm also, I have this a bit of uh, the emotion here of thinking of like today's Kelly really grasps everything you just said. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And it, and it tracks into my own lived experience. And then I think about me like 10 years ago, deep in my vices, deep in my numbing and my escapism and my disempowerment stage. And like, what would I have thought if I had heard you say that? And probably at the time, either it being like, the seed, the like atomic seed that comes in and like blows things up and creates a choice point of like, I have to go follow what Carmen just said. I have to go find this experience for myself or this other part where knowing that my protectors and the wounded parts would have been like, no, I refuse to believe. I refuse to believe that something just like my breath can bring me into God and that I can touch my, the perfection of life and my wholeness in something so simple. And, and that would be the mind wanting to overcomplicate this, wanting to say like, no, it's not possible. I refuse to have it. And it's like, there's this part of the journey. And I'm curious if you could speak to this where where we start actually allowing ourselves to believe that all of this is possible. And maybe it's because we see it in other people and we're like, ah, what is the secret sauce to her life? What is she drinking? I want that. Or we get a glimpse of it early on in life. And it feels like it's one of those, just, it's so individual of how we come into trust and believing that this can be possible. And it's like the divine dropping in these nudges and sometimes they're painful and (laughs) sometimes it's the earth shattering moments of our lives, the dark night of the soul. And other times it might come as that inspiration, you know, breath and inspiration. Uh, So what would you say to those who might be listening and are just like, I don't get it. I can't have that. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that I feel you and I've definitely been there. If I I totally resonate with what you've said about if, you know, the version of me at a certain point along my own journey had heard this, I'd just be like, wow, (laughs) this is just put in all of the like labeling judgmental language that I would offer (laughs) to to my experience of, of hearing some of this. And, and so I totally get that. And, for me, it's just like, if it touches anything within you, a thread of curiosity, whether it's just like, okay, this is way too wild. This is way too out there. Like, there's no way that this is possible. Like there's still, then it's touched on something, Mm -hmm. right? Or if it's like, whoa, I feel super magnetized (laughs) to exploring what my own experience of it could be, what my own relationship with it could be. It's like, follow the curiosity Mm -hmm. because there's all these flavors that exist of breath work, of these deeper, I have to say expansive evolutionary practices that we have available to us as humans. And so it's, it's some things have to be experienced to be understood. They mm-hmm. just can't be understood at the level of the mind. And, and that's okay. If we've got questions, I feel like 
the questioning is such a beautiful gateway. It's such a beautiful Mm -hmm. opening to be like, okay, but how, okay, (laughs) but why? Okay. But like, this just doesn't make sense. And it's like, great, then, then let's continue to explore it in a way that does. And this is where having, you know, amazing people in the field that hold the pillars of science Mm -hmm. and that can bring through, um, you know, I've, I've got a beautiful interest in the, the, the science aspect of it, the, the way that our, our biology, our cellular structure um, can shift and change and just recognizing how we can go from a state of, uh, of dis-ease into wellness and vitality. You know, there's people that hold the, the pillar and the intention to come into deeper relationship with self and therefore with those around us as the intention for engaging in breath work. And then there's th- those that hold, you know, these experiences and these intentions to connect with the, the deeper uh, and the core relationship with source, with self. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like choose your adventure. It mm-hmm. is all available. Breath is for everyone how we come into relationship with it is very individual. Mm-hmm. And so if there's something that's said or a way that it's presented that doesn't quite resonate, it's like, cool. If there's enough interest, just know that there's a, there's other ways to explore it. And I mean, it, it comes down to, you know, there's... <laughs> We've gone like, okay, wow, like there's the opportunity to connect um, and and to be in deeper relationship with with self, with source. And then we bring it home to the simplicity of, you know, even right now for yourself, stopping and taking three breaths and noticing how it may start to shift how we feel in our body. It might start to shift how we are running things in our mind and being like, wow, okay, there's enough there for me to get curious mm-hmm. on what else may be there for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it we even, you know, just as as a practice right now of taking a moment and listening to the language and we know that sound frequency, breath is a frequency vibrational medicine much like sound is and as the the earliest and the most fundamental ways that we would shift and change how we felt and how we operated within our bodies and so it's like even the languaging of taking a big breath and as i say that like allow yourself to take a big breath Hmm. and feeling how that feels in the body and if we are open to going a level deeper, receiving a deep breath and how that may change or may not how we feel with that next breath. And there's another layer deeper, like opening to the flow of life within me and how that changes how we may feel. And so there's all these different places in which we can start. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if that answered. 
I, I was just taken on a journey. I don't even know what the question was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For people that hear it and think like, okay, this is wild. This yeah. is like, you know, um, how can we, and I mean, I, I just, it is one of those things that you just have to experience for yourself. Yeah. Get to create your own relationship with, <clears throat> with it. Yeah. Um, and you get to find those people that either experience it alongside you, guide you through it, that either really resonate with the the lens that you decide, desire to explore it to, or that invite you to stretch and expand that lens to mm -hmm. explore from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about the breath and working with any resistance that might come up from people or disbelief of some of these claims is that, you know, we're not asking you to take psychedelics. We're not asking you to go do anything that's unnatural. You are using a very natural force that you're doing all day long anyway, and that you will continue to do. And it's just bringing more intentionality to that and exploring it. And that is what I think can be so profound about breathwork as a healing modality. Uh, it, it, it's so empowering. I, I don't know of a more empowering practice because you don't need a doctor. You don't need to go take expensive medication or whatever the alternatives are that put the power outside of yourself is like, we get to reclaim that again. And I think that's one of the more magical aspects of this is like, I've been doing this my whole life <laughs> and, and now I can do it with intentionality and create, create magic from it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing it anyways. <laughs> yeah. And so might as well learn how to do it better. And I mean, isn't that true of, <laughs> And yeah, and that's true of so many things, right? Like I'm eating anyways. What mm. if I ate with more intention and I chose with like deeper listening and, you know, it's just like I'm moving anyways. So what if I, mm -hmm. it's just like, it's, it, it is, there's always that invitation to, to go deeper for those souls that ride that creative edge that, you know, are, are, are have that hunger for exploration, that curiosity for life, it, it is available. And I mean, you'd said like, we're not asking you to take psychedelics or, you know, ingest anything. It's already within you. And the experiences that can be available within breathwork sessions can be just as sometimes, depending on the person, more powerful than um, experiences working with other medicines as well, which is, you know, uh, just totally wild in and of itself. Mm. And yeah, yeah, it just, it, there's the opportunity to, if, if we think about like breath is our most fundamental source of fuel for our bodies. Mm -hmm. So the quality matters. You know, we think about the quality of our food and how that impacts how we operate, how we feel, the quality of our water and, and how that can change um, how our body functions. So as the most important primary source of fuel for our system, mm -hmm. the quality of our breath most certainly has to have that same impact. 
No, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, it's all just a curious exploration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's nothing like just saying yes to yourself and diving in and, and, and trying it. And everybody's experience of it is going to be different. Everybody's yeah. experience of it is going to be unique. And, um, and I always say like when you're trying something new, like give it a few times, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't judge anything within the first 12 times you try something <laughs> mm. because, uh, in learning something new, there's going to be that growth period mm. where we are reorienting ourselves to be in relationship with something in a whole new way. So there's a lot of learning on both ends of it that has to happen to come back to that place of coherence, that place of harmony. Mm you know, right relationship with each other. Mm. Well, Carmen, I think that's a beautiful segue to speak about this new life transition that you're in, in this new chapter of learning that you've begun by becoming a mom. And just so curious when, when it comes to exactly what we're talking about, the breath, being on the front lines of creation, receiving that inspiration, receiving that transformation and allowing our cellular makeup to reorganize, to accept a new way, to be a part of a, to, to change, to truly change. Um, first of all, congratulations on becoming a mama to baby Kai. (laughs) Thank you. And yeah, if it's available to you, I'd love to dive into um, just first, what this little chapter of being a mom is like, how maybe you can remind us how old Kai is. And, and I'm very curious to weave the two together and see how breathwork might be supporting you along your journey as a first time mom. Oh yeah. Wow. Gosh, my <laughs> breath has prepared me in, in ways I didn't anticipate again in hindsight, right? There's just this beautiful clarity of like, whoa, I get it now. I understand why I took the scenic, the colorful route and (laughs) uh, gosh, I, I needed all of it in order to be able to be here, to be my version of mother that I desire to be. So Kai is seven months next week. And it has been the wildest journey. It's like the journey within the journey within the journey. There's all of these layers that continue to unravel for for me of, you know, my breath was such a important piece of my foundation in preparation for pregnancy and throughout my pregnancy and then in preparation for birth we had oriented towards a home free birth and i haven't shared fully our birth story yet but we mm-hmm. ended up on the other end of of the spectrum and an invitation to dive deeply into um, what a birth within the system looked like mm. and so 
that offered such a reorganization of my relationship to systems and medical and authority and coming back to my relationship with my own inner knowing. And and that was a huge, I feel like that was one of the greatest gifts from a dedicated relationship to my breath that I, I was able to navigate that experience with a degree of presence, with a degree of, of love and with a degree of advocacy for myself, my body, and you know, eventually mm. um, our baby. And that was a, a, a powerful lived experience of letting go of what it looked like and coming into what it could feel like. So everything about that experience looked different, but I was able to come into remembering what it was that I, how it was that I desired to feel through that. Mm. Uh, and that was large in part to coming home to the, my relationship with my breath. Um, and it, it dismantled such a, a huge limitation for me of, can I show up dedicated to my work in the world, my purpose for being here and be a mother at the same time? Can I truly have both mm -hmm. and and how is it that i how is it that i can you know really re recognizing that i would have to redefine a lot of my beliefs a lot of my stories around how i could have my version of it all mm -hmm. and that for me was a, a powerful another powerful piece of of breath and being able to recognize these limitations that I held within myself, either of my own lived experience or what I witnessed around me and opening up to a reorganization of that a, a and being able to support the shift of um, the my vibrational frequency, the density within my body, the expression of my cells to create space for new neural pathways, for new belief systems, completion of old stories, and then space for new stories to be created. Mm. Um, and so, gosh, it's been the culmination of my whole life's work, really, in in becoming other the life I never knew that I wanted, you mm. know, it was just like, wow. And interestingly, how Kai transitioned into the world and his first couple weeks, we were in the NICU and it was primarily in supporting him in regulating his nervous system. Mm. It was supporting him in, his relationship with his breath, essentially learning how to breathe, which was such a, a powerful firsthand experience because there's been a, a beautiful um, point of exploration, curiosity in the breath world around like, do we come in with an open breath pattern? Mm -hmm. And through our lived experiences, the things that happen to us, we store the experiences, the density of ourselves, and the density in our body changes. And so the pathway that our breath takes changes. Mm. Or do we come in with a breath pattern, either that we've developed from our experience in utero, 
previous lifetimes that we've brought in with us that we are then working to open up so that we've got a clearer path for the for life force to flow through us mm. and my experience with him was that he very much was in a period of learning how to be human of learning how to breathe and so there was points where his breath was suspended. There was points where his breath was shallow. There was points where he, he just experienced such a wide variation and variety in, in how he breathed. And it was just like, wow, okay. Not that I can extrapolate that that is true for everybody, but it was really beautiful to witness um, that it, and just to observe and to support him in that deeper relationship with his own breath. Mm. Now, you know, as we were speaking about kind of the the more expansive and existential piece of that is like really learning how to welcome spirit into his body to, mm. to for his soul to anchor into his human. Mm. And so it was a lot of regulation and being an anchor point for him in the beginning for the first 2 weeks of his life that we were there. He was skin to skin with myself or my husband mm. 24-7. And we were supporting a, a co-regulation through the flow and our own relationship with our breath. And so in those moments, I was so grateful that wow. I had that, that within me to be able to offer him. It's just like, wow, everything made sense too. And I feel like the tenderness around that and the emotion in my heart around that to say like, that is, I mean, the greatest thing that I could offer, uh, that mm. I could be a part of, that I have the privilege of of living through is this moment of, of witnessing him um, becoming really. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, that's a long answer to say that breath is woven into every part of my transition into motherhood. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I hope you don't ever expect, expect a, a short, direct answer. Um, but th- there's just, you know, for me, life is, is this c- continuous exploration of mm. what is here and, and how am I being asked to show up in this moment? and um. Gosh, it was it was equal parts um, so terrifying to witness the suspensions in breath and and also trusting that it was his journey mm-hmm. and that he was the one that needed to choose the next breath. Mm-hmm. And that was clear communication from his soul that I had received. And interestingly enough, at the in the NICU, they were like, you know, if he, they call them apneas, if he's experiencing an apnea and he is suspended in his breath for 10 to 20 seconds, or leave him for 10 to 20 seconds so that he can regulate himself. Mm. And as a new mom, I will tell you that there was no way <laughs> that I was going to be waiting 10 to 20 seconds while my son lay in a breathless state. Um, you know, in my heart and in my mind, I'm just like, 
how. Uh, it turns out he never needed any intervention. He was always able to receive his breath again himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, again, that, merge, that merging of the human, my human, and the, the deeper knowing within my soul. And mm-hmm. that, gosh, this experience has illuminated for me how very human I am. And how much I love that, mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that there, there's so much still here for me to, mm. to uncover, to unwind, to unravel within myself um, as I decide how I desire to show up from here, you know, reemerging, gosh, I'm changed in so many ways. And so now how do I reorient and come into relationship with the people, places, and things around me in a whole new way. Mm. So. <laughs> I'm so moved by. I've shared that before. So thank oh, you for yeah. receiving that. <laughs> thank you. Oh, I just want to like receive a breath together. Maybe our listeners will too. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm just so moved by yours and Kai's and and Steve's experience and story. And I don't really have any follow up questions. It just feels like I want to bask in the the miracle, the (laughs) the. It just feels. I don't want to say what's the word I'm looking for. I'm like wordless right now. Yeah. I just really see you as this beautiful soul coming in to nurture this other soul. And one thing I'll say is I've been thinking more deeply about the idea of purpose. And for me in my life, the most purposeful moments when purpose really felt like the feeling state, like I have so much purpose right now, is when I am the only person who could be doing the thing that needs to be done. I am, I'm really irreplaceable. And so for me, that was um, being my father's death doula for the four, four weeks prior to his passing. Um, and there's been moments with different animals in my life. And there's actually not very many stories, not many moments that I could say, like, I felt completely like my existence felt so purposeful. And, and that just kept coming up for me while you were sharing of like your journey and your existence as Carmen, you are the only person who could have provided Kai with that type of experience and welcoming into this world. And yeah, this feels really beautiful. Thank you for seeing me in that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, gosh, the, the gift that it has been to know you and (laughs) and pieces of of your journey and and just knowing how you've shown up to Mm. the, and answered the call, you know, and um, just in, in reflection, Mm. how, Uh, wildly purposeful (laughs) even 
all of our interactions have been has just been such a, a sweet reminder for me of um, the intentionality. And so um, I, I see that deeply in you for sure. And I think, you know, as, as we find purpose in those, those intimate moments of, of birth, of death, for me, it, it is this reminder of the miracle that is life. Mm. You know, it's just like, it's, it's the most natural thing, birth, death. Yet, if we allow it, there's the opportunity for it to be the most miraculous thing. Mm. So it's again, this merging that both can be true. And, you know, bringing that into other aspects of life of like I can be light and I can be dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can be on purpose and unsure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can be um, sad and feel joy. Like, you know, the, the duality of, of life and that it's all available. Yeah. It's all available for us. And I think that, during pregnancy and birth, I really had to untangle that my purpose was separate than my worth. Mm. And there was a, a piece in that, that, you know, as I was stepping um, more into myself and into a different season of, you know, uh, for me, it was a challenging pregnancy experience at beautiful and challenging and the birthing experience and, and even in postpartum needing to reappropriate my energy and my time mm. of being like, I don't need to show up to certain things because I feel my worth is tangled into it. I, I want to show up to certain things because that's my purpose for being here. Mm. This is what feeds my soul. Um, that's been a huge gift how I got on that, but their purpose, wild on purpose, right? This is, <laughs> this is where we are. This is exactly this is, where we is, are. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like what we said about what halfway. A in this, full circle moment. <laughs> completely. It's like what we said halfway through this conversation. It's just like choosing, saying yes to this and whatever this is, yeah. whether it's this moment, this entire lifetime, this human experience, this cosmic dance that we're all somehow in (laughs) or this interaction that you're having with a person in front of you. It's just being fully here. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This feels like a perfect place to, to start closing. I'm True. Oh, and I hear baby Kai in the background. <laughs> so that's how oh, you do. Hey? You're like, just, yeah, you must it's just perfect. be waking. He's like, okay, yeah, I'm here. Oh, this has been one of, this might be the most beautiful conversation I've had on this podcast yet. I'm just so moved and my heart feels very oh. open. So thank you for, yeah, revealing yourself to us, taking us through your journey, taking us into the depths as well as into the highs and teaching us more about what our breath is here for, what gift it is to have and how it has very real practical life altering benefits and 
impact in our lives and those around us. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. I'm, this is lit a part of my soul, uh, in a way that I'm just so grateful for. I, I, I just love and appreciate who you are, what you bring, <laughs> how you bring it. I mean, from, and I know I shared this with you, but from even the email invitation, the, the space that you curate and, and the containers that you hold are just so not just they are so powerful mm. and i just feel grateful and and thankful and happy to be here with you and it just feels there's nothing like human connection speaking heart to heart and uh-huh. thank you for for being in this space with me today wow mm-hmm. wow 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 Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah, we listened to the call to adventure, rescheduled a few times, obviously for the yeah. right moment that we could both be in the space that we are today. Um, but before we officially close, could you tell our listeners where they could learn more about you and also maybe give us a glimpse of your main offerings right now in case anyone who's listening might feel a call to spend more time with you in an intentional way? Yeah, thank you. Uh, the the best, I love, you know, the the closest that we can get to human connection. So sending a message, an email or anything, I'm super open to that. My website is carmengan.com. Uh, and on there right now, I've got a wait list for my one-to-one personal mentorships where we dive deep into what your unique relationship with your breath can offer you. And I also am offering facilitator training. So if you are interested in offering this practice uh, as a support for yourself and others, um, I that will be opening in the late summer and fall as I enjoy this time with baby Kai and motherhood. Um, in the more immediate, I've got a beautiful community that is starting up again, a monthly breath journey in the online space, mm-hmm. uh, as well as community Q&A sessions. So one that's set up for breathers specifically wanting to discover what their the language of the breath is speaking to them, what their breath pattern is, is sharing, and then one that's uh, open for facilitators that are curious about things that they're seeing in their practice and how to support their clients in a deeper relationship with the breath. Um, it's called The Circle. And um, then locally where I am here in Squamish, we've got monthly breath journeys that happen in person. So the, the main ways to connect right now um, as I emerge into this new season of life. Beautiful. And we will link to all of that in the show notes. And actually, I'm just personally curious, is the facilitator training in person? There is a an in-person component okay, cool. to it. Yes. So it is, um, as of right now, it's set up as a, um, a year-long exploration together, um, quite um, early on in in the training, we meet for in-person immersion. I, I just really feel that when we're learning to work with the body, we do best to work with bodies and to, to be in the quality of touch and to be able to witness the the subtlety of, of what breath patterns 
um, and the human body can can illuminate for us as we as we journey together and then there's um ongoing online mentorship practicum and um, continuing education and professional development through the program that can take us a bit deeper into specialties and um, yeah different ways to offer the breath, whether it's through the lens of science, through the lens of spirits, or uh, through the lens of relationships. Mm. Mm. Yum. Mm. Thank you for this work that you do Uh, in the world, Carmen. And thank you for taking this beautiful time, (laughs) aligning it with Kai's nap time. I aligned it with my puppy's nap time. We did it. (laughs) Yeah. We nailed it. Go moms. I mean, (laughs) right? This is, we get to have it all. You know? so, <laughs> Just got to get a little thank bit you for you. more thank ninja you. with our time. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And uh, thank you for your vision and uh, just what, you, what you're bringing forth with this. It's so beautiful. So. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wild on Purpose. Please think about writing a review and sharing it with your friends. If you'd like to learn more about my leadership offerings or join my newsletter, visit wildonpurpose.co. Lastly, I'd like to thank my podcast editor, Jabril Al-Suhaimi, for helping me weave this audio journey together, and all of those who have supported me along my path as a creator. Until next time, stay wild.